0: Locked Talk Radio Welcome to the i Locked radio, radio Show With your host, Minister, Minister
1: and ben. Ben.
0: And you're listening to it on the win. WIN Network Yes, that's right, WIN Network Together, we win Stay tuned
1: We have been reunited again. Welcome to the third season and our premiere of the Eye Radio Show. Um, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for listening in. Um, I mean, it has just been just just phenomenal this journey. Uh, we I was just looking through some of our da- our data, and we have now Russia joining in to listen. I don't know if that's good or bad, but uh, I'm going to take that as good. Uh, We have people from New Zealand listening in. So we've uh, added uh, Italy and even London. And so uh, that brings us to a total of about 15 other countries that are listening into our show and, of course, spanning all across the United States and Canada. I have to say, it's all because of you that we are still here uh, and, and, and doing what we need to do to try to abolish uh, sex trafficking. So my, my most heartfelt thank you for joining us tonight. And of course, you know who I am. I am Minister Annie Bell, the host and creator of iRain Blog Talk Radio Show. This is an outreach of Wealth Management Ministries Incorporated. Now, in during this program, what we endeavor to do is to bring talk therapy for survivors of child abuse and sex trafficking as well as other traumas. But we also want to provide awareness, prevention, and resources uh, to the community so that they themselves can be armed with what they need to be able to go out here and uh, make a difference. So tonight, Change for Good, From Pimp to Advocate, that's the name of our show. Now, the pimp culture has been glamorized and glorified for way too long. Um, shows like Pimp My Ride, Pimp My House, and uh, um, the comedian, even Cat Williams, uh, has a comedy act that he calls the Pimp Chronicles, uh, one and two. Now, I watch him because he is hilarious to me. I think he, you know, he, he says some bad words, but, you know, I try to tune those out, but he is. A funny funny man, but again it adds to uh, glorifying the pimp culture and um, making it mainstream and almost normalizing it making it palatable now even our in our vernacular uh, has embraced the word pimp and to describe something impressive or showy or grand um, in actuality pimp and or pimping is one of the most nefarious jobs or acts that I can think of. Many people disagree, but the word pimp is synonymous to a trafficker. Now, um, they are essentially the same thing. That person is the facilitator of um, sex for purchase, and they get the lion's share of Uh, if not all of the money earned on the backs and the knees of the victims, the prostitutes, in the game. So violence, coercion, manipulation are all part of the methodologies used by the traffickers to groom, control, sell the women, girls, and boys for sex. Tonight, however, here um, to tell us about the real pimp game, um, what it really looks like, in the, in the day in the life um, of a pimp and of a prostitute is uh, Mr. Terry Island. He is an ex pimp. He is uh, uh, an uh, ex um, what what would you call it? Drug dealer. And, but he has turned uh, a full 180 and has now become an advocate. And so right now, he is the associate producer for a docudrama that came out last year called Black Girl Black Girls Die 2. and you guys probably remember that uh, because we were uh, at the premiere. We were allowed access at the premiere of the movie, and um, so we, uh, you know, we want to welcome Mr. Island Terry Island to the studio. Welcome, Mr. Island.
0: Thank you, Mr. Bell.
1: Okay. Okay. So before we get started with all the uh, the nitty gritty as as my dad used to say tell us a little bit about yourself you know currently your you know about your family where you live
2: well well for the past 5 years I've resided in Austell Georgia near Six Flags and um uh, my family is originally from Pine Mountain, Georgia, and we had a bootlegging legacy that kind of culminated with the uh, murder in Coweta County story. Some of your listeners may have seen the movie or read the book, but the blacks involved in that movie were my family. Wow. Uh, now I get now I get my strongest support from my fiance, who has been my companion for 45 years this month. And, uh, we've had ups and downs as any human beings, but that has been my strongest support. Amen. And, um, well,
1: we, you know, we want to give a, a shout out to your fiance. Um, I don't know if this is a common law state, but I don't know if y'all technically married after 45 years. But that is huge that she that you have such a um, great uh, support, you know, from someone. It's, it's, who obviously cares it's so much. It's
2: greater than huge. It's greater than huge, Minister Bell, because uh, from 1979 until 2012, I was in the charge of penal system.
1: Mm.
2: And uh, she stuck it out.
1: Wow, that's just here we. You know
2: 2012. I, I, have to, I have to salute her and all supportive black women, and especially those such as yourself who are in this struggle, and' uh, whether it's stopping <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> whether it's stopping abuse or abolishing sex trafficking or trying to get the kids off to the street corners. We yes. need more participation in positive and productive endeavors.
1: Yes, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, you know, it's it's a it is hard. Uh, it's a hard job uh, trying to advocate because there's so many um, twists and turns. There's so much with legislature and just the minds of those who have already been hurt, um, and, and looking at articles and. Reading details of uh, the abuse and the um, details of sex trafficking, it is horrendous, and so sometimes it, it becomes um, it becomes so much that I have to step away uh, just for a moment. But I, and what makes me continue is that it, when I think about every day, like right now, this very moment, there are hundreds and thousands of children being abused. Um, women, boys and girls being sold for sex. And, um, you know, I can't rest. So, but but I thank you for your kind words. Let's go ahead and get started. Um, Tell me, first of all, how did you even get started uh, in the game as a pimp?
2: Well, I got started in the game during uh, 1970. I had joined the Marine Corps at 17, and I was home on leave and met a girl who had run away from the uh, Carrie Steele Pits uh, Home for Girls in Atlanta, and uh, we lost contact after I left on the leave. But when I got out of the Marine Corps, I was uh, at home with another woman, and she knocked on the door, and I hadn't seen her in like a couple of years. And uh, we got back together, and in less than a month, I found out that rather than working as a waitress as she claimed to be and bringing her tip money home and such, I found out that she was a prostitute.
0: Hmm.
2: And upon confronting her about it, her response to me was, it can be for you if you're man enough to accept it. And I went to my father, who was basically street and a hustler, and uh interrupted a poker game, you know, man, I need to talk to you. And he was like, what? And I tell him, uh, the girl is a prostitute. And he was like, and? I said, I love her. He said, you love her, but did you uh turn her out? I said, no. He said, well, you got to understand that if you don't accept the money, then she's going to go to somebody who will. And that convoluted logic at that time was sufficient because that was my dad. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, one of the models that I aspired to. And basically, I backed into the game. And I started to play it by ear, by association with others, some who are still living, some who are deceased. Mm -hmm. And uh, With the passing of time I learned more and more About the game because the girl was Basically teaching me
1: Wow So This is not the traditional Format where um, A pimp Someone who's already a pimp or trafficker Goes and um, Solicits for Others to become a prostitute It actually was the other way around. A prostitute actually was coming to you to represent them um, as their pimp. So why did they, you know, why did they come to you to be their pimp? If they knew you were, you know, new to the game or never been in the game, what made them come to you, um, her to come to you and even talk to you about it?
2: Well, one thing was that I was into the drug game on a small scale I was mm-hmm. also an armed robber And uh, I had a reputation for violence And uh, I could say that some of the factors Were the need for protection And uh, At this time There are several of my associates Past and present Who always viewed me as a A decent guy mm-hmm. And uh when I got twisted, you know, I started to embrace the things because of what they called the hooks, you know, the money, the uh, power. There was like a power involved. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started to talk to other guys who was in the game. and But there was always a tug at my heart because my value system – was opposed to it on a on a much deeper level
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh basically, I got caught up. It wasn't a conscious choice from the beginning. Well, you know, my aspiration is going to be a pimp, but I have to confess that since high school up until that time, my aspirations had been to either be a black al Capone or a professional entertainer mm-hmm. and uh Growing up, as I did in the Vine City community here in Atlanta, and I was raised in a neighborhood when I lived in Noonan, Georgia, my neighborhood was called a crack. Wow. And the crack was, yes. And uh, my neighborhood was called a crack. And in the crack, you know, you could find all manner of vice that was popular at that time, you know, the drugs. This was prior to the advent of the saturation of our communities with drugs, but we talking about bootlegging and uh, playing a card game called the Georgia Skin, and there were women, you know, who was trading sex for pay. So a lot of the values that I embrace in what I now refer to as that subculture because we were not a part of mainstream America. I grew, I grew up when Jim Crow was in his death throes. Mm. And uh,
0: wow.
2: there were not many things that I aspired to beyond having the material advantages. And I wanted to get them by any means necessary. So this is what allowed me to abandon my values and embrace the game the so-called fast lane which i discovered later on in life after a couple of trips to prison that all avenues and the fast lane led to dead-end streets and that wasn't where i wanted to go
1: and i'm gonna um put a bookmark right there because we have to take a quick break but uh when we come back you know i want to talk about that a little further and um and, you know, get a little bit more detail about this game. And so, everyone, please stay tuned, and we'll be right back after our station identification break. Hello, everybody. My name is Minister Annie Bell, and I am the host of I-Rain's Blog Talk radio show, where we endeavor to bring talk therapy to survivors of child abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas, as well as being the vehicle by which we use awareness and resources to the community to aid in the prevention of these abuses. I reign, which is a declarative acronym for the individual survivor that means I, I identify myself as a survivor, no longer a victim. R, reclaim my life. E, excel at living. I, illuminate the dark. G, grow in Christ and end, nurture myself and others. This declarative acronym has developed into a victorious lifestyle brand that empowers and aids in the healing journey of our survivors of abuse, sex trafficking, and other trauma. I have also written a book entitled with the namesake, I Reign, A Survivor's Guide to Thrive, which is now available at Amazon.com and Barnes & Noble. Pick up your copy and join me every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. here on We Inspire Network Radio, where together, through God, we win. If we endure, we shall reign with Him.
0: Radio Radio show. show with your host,
1: Minister Annie Bell. Annie Bell. I love the way he says my name. Anyway, welcome back. <laughs> um, this is the Irene Blog Talk Radio show tonight. Um, we are here talking with a ex-pimp um, who has turned advocate. And um, to kind of chop it up about this pimp game that has been glamorized uh, through the years. And um, now is, again, something that is looked upon upon as the bling, as a a great thing. And to to me, it's absolutely um, ridiculous. Uh, But, you know, I want to talk about it a little bit more. So, uh, Mr. Island, thank you again for coming on the show and being so transparent um, about the things that you have done in the past in order to help us get uh, in front of this thing. Um, and and prevented. so thank you and welcome um, back to from commercial. Thank you. You're welcome. Now at what at what at your highest number, uh, you know, at the highest point, how many prostitutes did you have working under you? I'd like to preface
2: that by saying that since the game has been glamorized, As you say Romanticized by Hollywood and such There are many uh, Aspects of the game That comes under the Umbrella of pimping Mm -hmm. But there are also I mean if you use terms Such as gigolo where a man Is paid for sex uh, There are a number of things Even the madams and such It's all part of the Phenomena Of victimization very true. And Very uh, true. yes, and for me, the word "pimp" equates to parasite, a mm. blood sucker uh, or a spirit sucker. You know, who consumes the spirit of other human beings.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, as to if there are any uh, particular aspects of the game, and, and, and in terms of my knowledge. You know, I would say that the root of the game could also be found paradoxically in the biblical projection that love is the strongest root of all. Mm -hmm. Because when a person is convinced that they love you, even if it's an unwholesome love, they will stop at nothing in order to be pleasing to you. Mm-hmm. And the material, the material aspects of the game is like people say, I work to have the things that I want. And most of these girls are—they uh, are low in self-esteem without realizing it, mm-hmm. because it's—it's like a—it's like a sickness. Like and you represent something that they don't have in their lives: that someone to love them or to tell them that they're great, you know, and. In spite of the fact that they're draining the life out of them. Mm-hmm. So the the bottom line is deception. Um, we're talking uh, a type of hypnosis of a sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are a number of negatives that could be applied to it. But I think that there was a lady by the name of Donna Valentis who asked you if I would uh, give some prevention advice and insights. Yeah,
1: and, and we're gonna—I believe we're gonna talk about that a little later in the show. And, okay. and Donna okay. is actually from Australia, so she's one of our um, supporters and one of the advocates that work out in Australia. And um, I do want to talk about that because that is. Okay uh the overarching reason you know we to have you on the show cuz we want to know from the inside uh how do we stop this thing you made some really really great points um and you are you know uh, so well versed and um in your in your discussion and I you know I applaud you for that and in able to communicate uh what this what is happening but you're right there is such a need again. Most of the uh, people who are prostituting and those who are victims of sex trafficking, they uh, either have been abused in their um, childhood or been or being abused at that time, and so their self-esteem is low. Um, uh, they are told that they're nothing, that they're nothing good, but for a you know a good screw. Um, uh, uh, you know, and they're t- they're taught to, that they are nothing but an object, and so uh, you're, you you hit the nail right on the head about that—that that there is that desire to be loved and to feel uh, convinced that somebody loves them. And I believe that's also part of the whole battered woman syndrome, where you have women who will stay with men who beat them to a bloody pulp, and all they have to do is say, "Baby, you know I love you." I'll never do that again. Um, And they will stay because of that love connection. So, um, yes, I I, I think that is a great point that you made. So would you say you've had, how many prostitutes have you had at one time? With the highest number? Six. Six. And they were, even though, and so you were, um, what would you categorize yourself as? More of a um, Romeo trafficker pimp or more Um, of a? Gorilla.
2: No, I would say a Romeo. Mhm. Mm-hmm.
1: And just for uh, the audience out there, um, there are two uh, types. There are actually three, but we're going to talk about the two types today. But there is the gorilla trafficker who normally utilizes brutality and violence, uh, drugging their um, victims to coerce and to control. And then you have the Romeo trafficker, who's more of a smooth talker, who's going to, you know, affirm their love and, and uh, for that person and draw them uh, into it, uh, manipulate with words and with um, sometimes the words are, they sting, sometimes the words hurt, but again, it's more with the words. Is that um, how you kind of saw yourself as a, a Romeo pimp? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes, ma'am. So what, uh, I know that that's not the most popular um, way. Were you given advice by other pimps to, you know, on how to keep keep them in check?
2: Well, yes, I was, but I had always been a fish that swam against the current.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. And, uh... Some of the things that I view as unnecessary, and then we go back to the depths of my own sickness, because I had seen my mother brutalized, you understand, and I grew up not liking men who beat women, Mm -hmm. and again, we're talking about the depths of my sickness, because although I wasn't physically beating them, you know, my objective was the same, to exploit them Without caring what happened to them As a result I didn't even consider it You know I just considered the bottom bottom line As all comes to Be where is my money Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yes I mean that is such a faint infamous line <laughs> You know be where is my money mm. Um but mm. Go ahead I just want to interject that Mm-hmm uh-huh.
2: Yes so um In that regard Um you can have uh, 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 such a deep psychological hole. I mean, I hate to say it, it in comparison, but it's, it's the same type of thing. Look at what's happening under this current Trump atmosphere. Nobody is doing any thinking, but they following a sick man. Mm. That's
1: right.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, who and, can explain you know, that 20... phenomenon?
1: And one of the questions that um, you know I asked earlier was why did the women want to want you to represent them as their pimp and you were saying that you know part of the reason was you you were a a drug dealer as well and that was really what you wanted to do and so you held your own in that game and so and they wanted to uh, basically be represented by someone who, you know, are out there strutting their stuff, right? Got the, you know, yes, got ma'am. the goods, got the got the walk, got the stuff to show for um, the respect that you were demanding.
2: I once saw a movie years ago, and I was in prison at the time. And uh, the main character in that movie was depicted as uh you know, a clean-cut guy who went to work in the morning or he gave his wife the impression that he was on his way to work and he would drive a certain distance away from his home in his old plucker, you know, little used car and such. But he would drive off the road into the woods and pull the bushes back and there was a Rolls Royce. And he would get in that Rolls Royce and he would go to attend to a stable. You know, this is why I say that there are so many aspects of this game that because of the romanticism of Hollywood projection and, you know, these novels about what the game is about, uh, that people tend to lump everybody into the classic pimping mold. And uh, that's simply not true because I've known women with stables. And they weren't out there like that, you know, in Mm -hmm. terms of strutting down and chasing the girls, you know, like the order went out from wherever they were headquartered. And uh, these girls would go out and do their thing and bring the money back. I never marched up and down the street, you know, trying to check up on them, you know, and I I really didn't call myself a pimp, although I know that I fell under the umbrella somewhere. Mm-hmm. Because I was not cut from that classic mold, and uh, it's it's so hard to try and explain in a, a brief setting. Because you ask at one time uh, about what we have to do to stop this thing, but we have to always remind, main, remain mindful. Of the projection about prostitution Being the world's second oldest profession And that's from A a biblical standpoint Because Adam was supposedly A farmer Or husband man You know taking care of the animals and such Mm -hmm. So that's That's why farming Or agriculture Is called the oldest profession Mm -hmm. And prostitution Is the second oldest So how do we stop it when so many societies, even Uh from biblical times, you know, they had the painted ladies in the Bible, the Mm -hmm. harlots as they called them, and uh, they were, were, uh, yes, ma'am, they were prostitutes, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it was accepted by society because the women who were supposedly worthy or good girls, the prostitute were made available so that you didn't run the risk of going out there uh, confronting a virtuous woman and having the men and her family stone you to death or behead you or something. So,
1: well, you know, um, when we look at that, it's not that the Bible condoned it. Um, no, not Bible, that it
2: condones but,
1: it. Yeah, Bible I'm just, was just I'm, telling the story of yes, that setting. But you're yes, right; I'm just, it does go back yes. so far in in our in history. Um, which has molded our, our, our thinking. Um, and so it is hard to break that. It is hard to break. Yes, ma'am. Um, that which has been going on and the mindsets, And, uh, you know, one of the posts that we put on our reign that I put on our reign the other day was about how we, as women, um, we don't want to be objectified and, and marginalized. However, we are quick. Some of us are quick. To throw our little hips up in the air and you know, take a picture yes, while we're posing and looking back on ourselves, or wearing very, I mean, even in church, wearing you know, stiletto heels and very, very shortcut skirts, and but then want to get mad when a man is uh, attracted to that and looks at it. So, um, it, there are so many different areas and avenues where we have to change mindsets and. Um, shift paradigms so that we can stop this objectification, marginalization, and exploitation um, of our vulnerable population. Um, that was almost a rhyme. Now, listen, I have to take another break. <laughs> I'm sorry. So hang on um, just for a second, and then I will be right back after this station identification. Thank you. And we will continue to bring relevant and heartfelt shows that cater to the needs and wants of our growing listener base. Please, subscribe to our network so that you can stay connected. Join us here every week, where together,
0: through God, we win. Welcome back to yes. I Rain Blog
1: Talk Radio Show with your host, Minister Annie Bell. All right, all right. We're on the second half of our show. Thank you for sticking around. And um, those who are just joining us, thank you for joining us. You are listening to the I Rain Blog Talk Radio Show. Um, for those who have just tuned in, again, I Rain is powered by We Inspire Network. And... Um, we are a growing network. So if there's anyone out there who'd like to host their own show or maybe be a uh, guest on one of our shows that we already have, feel free to contact us. And um, so we were talking to Mr. Terry Island, and he is uh, an ex-pimp and turned advocate, advocate. So we were just talking about uh, some of the things that uh, happened during and, and why it happened. And, and we've taken it all the way back in history. So uh want to thank you, uh, Mr. Island, for staying on and um, allowing me to drill you the way I have tonight. I do have a question, though. We have a question from one of our listening audience who wants to know, what was that movie that you watched um, with the man in the role of Royce? I, I can't
2: recall the name of the movie. Oh, but I man. saw the movie I saw the movie in prison and I'm a fairly decent researcher and I mm-hmm. plan to hunt that down so that I can post it for their benefit
1: Could you please could you put, um you know when you find it post it on the uh Iran uh Facebook group and uh so that you know cuz inquiring minds want to know <laughs> So yes, ma'am. um Now okay so let's let, I want to I want you to tell me, you know, describe for me the day in the life of a pimp. Um, you know, how did the prostitutes get treated? Did did you see or witness by, um, uh, other pimps beating on the prostitutes or uh, buyers, or the offenders, um, beating on the prostitutes? Tell me what did that look like?
2: It looked ugly. Mm-hmm. But it was similar to the prison experience Because you are in the midst of all this negativity And you you somehow find a way to I guess you become immune or numb To what would be a normalized Or properly socialized emotional reaction I've seen girls I knew a man who was my friend As that world allows friendship I've seen him actually take an axe handle and break a girl's, break, break both her arms, or stuff her yeah. under a car, you know? And uh, it's like, like in prison where you have the things, you know, see and don't see, hear and don't hear, mind your own business, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, again, speaks to the depth of the sickness that, comes from exploitative relationships or embracing things that turn out to be not so glamorous as they initially appear. Mm -hmm. And uh, I myself, though I didn't resort to the violence, there were times when I resorted to the threat of violence. And there was one girl that I punished by having a get naked in front of the other girls and a few guys that I had around for this demonstration, for this psychological attack upon her, that I made her stand on one leg on a coffee table all day, and when she said, uh, baby, I, I need to use the bathroom, I said, okay, you're standing on the bathroom. And I actually watched her, you know, being humiliated by urinating on herself until I was satisfied that my point was across and you don't want to undergo this type of punishment again. And uh, I used the psychological...
1: You got to be built to be able to take that type of um, punishment, degradation... Because the first thing that came to my mind was, you know, please, you know, nigga, please is what came to my mind. I wish I would, you know, I wish someone (laughs) would. Um, But again, it's a mindset and it's a, it is definitely a, um, uh, uh, I guess that, that atmosphere that allows for, for, for something like that because I can't even see myself allowing anybody to treat me that way. And you would think I that understand. they would not either. And, um, and the other thing that's a bit of a, uh, a bit of interest to me is that you went from not wanting to be a pimp to now handing out punishments if for for whatever infractions that they, uh, your, your, your prostitutes, um, you know dead right Yes ma'am Yeah yeah um, Did she not bring enough money in that day Or what was what was her What was the reason for her punishment
2: A number of things Because uh, You know I, I spoke During the beginning of the program About the deceitfulness About the trickery
0: mm-hmm. Some
2: of the girls are, are, are conniving To the point of being irritating When you know they're lying And uh, in this particular instance, there was a guy who was a friend of my mother's, and he was a singer. I was a singer, and we used to get together with a couple of other guys and just harmonize like the street corner doo walks. But on this particular occasion, he had received a substantial income tax return, and uh, I wanted the money after he showed it to me. And he didn't even know that this girl belonged to me. I introduced her as a girl, you know, I can get you with her if you want to be with her. But when she went to uh, turn the trick with him, when she came back, I was waiting for her to bring that income tax money back. But she had gotten the dude drunk, and I don't know what happened. She said that she didn't want to uh, mess with him. And I was like, you don't want You do what I tell you, B It ain't about what you want It's about what I tell you You understand? And uh, she's telling me Then she shows me the motel room key And I said, so, what am I going to do with that key? If I wanted to get a robbery case I would have went with it myself <laughs> You understand? Bye, and bye. That was basically what that punishment was about
1: I see, I see Well, we're, um, and I'm going to skip this last uh, commercial break simply because I can make that executive decision, but uh, because, you know, I want to make sure that we really uh, get your entire story in. Something pivotal happened um, that made you get out of the game. What was that?
2: I wouldn't say that it was a particular that. That was like a series of events. Mm-hmm. One was during my first prison experience, my mother and my grandmother were were visiting me. And my mother basically told me that look, baby, I always told you that whatever it is that you wanna be, if you can't be the best, be one of the best, even if you're gonna be a crook. She said, But I hope to God you don't come back out here with that pimping S blank blank T and uh, I was basically trying to amuse myself and I asked my mother, I said, well, why do you feel like that? And she started to jab a finger into my face during visitation to emphasize her words and they came out in like a syncopated rhythm because those girls have mothers who love them like I love you. Mm. And, uh, that was when that was when the uh I guess the wall that I had built around masking my emotions started to crumble because my mother had tears in her eyes, and that was something that i I couldn't stand mm-hmm. and I trooped on some years later during the time that my fiance was visiting me, she had started to bring. Her, her children, two of her daughters, who were ages seven and nine, to visit me and I was sitting there between their mother and another woman and Throughout that visitation for that two hour period, those girls just sit there with eyes on me like lasers. I had gotten a letter from them when they first met me, telling me that you know I think you'll be a good you'll make a good daddy yeah. and and Later that night I lay there thinking about The look in their eyes It's like I could hear one question Why are you doing my mama like this? You know wow. because they could see her They could see her discomfort And because I cherished those girls So much You know I I didn't want them to look at me Like that again mm-hmm. that, that was another step and the third thing that was most important, I've always, kind of, I had up until that point, I was straddling the fence without knowing because I had the complaints of the militants and such about being exploited by the system, and I started to think in these words, how can I point the finger at the white man for exploiting us as a people? And I'm turning around, sending these girls out here risking their health, their lies, their sanity. You understand? And uh, these things started to, these things just started to pile up on me until there was no room in my heart for it because the one thing that I never want to be viewed as is being a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. That that was not the life I want. I, I didn't feel good about you know, trying to tell younger brothers, you know, to educate yourself to do this and that because, you know, the black man has to be twice as good. And now that you're in prison, you're black, you're poor and uneducated, you're going to even have to double those numbers to beat the odds. And that was another part of my mind saying, well, you made, you're making an impression, but you're not walking the walk. You're just talking the talk. That's right. So I had to um I had to uh stop compartmentalizing my mind and unify. I'm either gonna be on one side of the fence or on the other. And after, you know, a number of years of contemplation, the other, the negative side, the fast lane, was no longer an acceptable alternative.
0: Mhm.
2: And if I, if I had to return to that life at this stage, I would starve to death because I believe that I have too much compassion. I have too much love. And this is especially so for black women. But I've reached a point in my life to where I want respect, if not love. I want to extend that to all women because I think this is how we make the world a better place. We've been entrusted as caretakers of this planet, not just as uh, Adam was a husband, man, but I think that the greatest thing that we can do in order to please God is by our service to others. Mm -hmm. And that's what I identify myself as today, not necessarily an advocate of for... Stopping abuse and abolishing sex trafficking, but I'm also uh, deeply involved in reentry and reentry and helping people who are coming out of prison get their lives together. And, and uh, I think that
1: is absolutely wonderful that you are um, walking your talk now and that God has given you the um, time to. Um, Make restitution, if you will, uh, you know, to society. And I do, I do see you as a even when you were out there pimping, that you were a compassionate soul, uh, one with a conscience, you know. And um, so, I, you know, I applaud you for that and to be able to turn um, because money is good. Uh, sex sells, and it's a, a multi-trillion-dollar business. Um, out here, so I, I, I applaud you for being able to walk away. Now let's get into the solution of the matter. Now one of the things that we're going to um, be talking about, and I actually have uh, a guest who will come in December. She actually is uh, was a prostitute, a, a very high end escort, and um, and even yes, a ma'am. porn star who has turned um, her life as well. And she, she's going to come on the show and talk about how do you get out of the game as a prostitute. And so um, we will be talking about that. But we want to talk about don't, how not to get even get in the game. You know, how can we discourage people from entering into becoming a trafficker and even a prostitute? Um, those who are, again, when we say prostitute, we're talking about those who are of age. Um, we know that children cannot be prostitutes; they are just straight up victims, so um uh, sex trafficking victims. So how do we discourage uh people from the you know not even starting the trafficking or pimping and not even getting into the prostitution?
2: I think that the best way to really make a dent in this thing because. I don't think we'll see the total eradication in our lifetimes. But there are those of us who are committed to this struggle. We call it the upliftment of our people, but I call it the upliftment of all of mankind. Because if we can't coexist without certain negative behaviors and such, then we are doomed as a species. Now, if I had to speak to how do we prevent it? We prevent it through the anbells of this world, and people have to be willing. It's like I know that somehow uh you get donations, you get support from organizations and such. We have to provide a broader platform, whether it's making movies as I do now, uh writing books as I do now, and uh This is still giving us room to make a dent and pass on the torch, you know, because at some point I'm going to get too old. I'm going to have uh, health complications that won't provide me with the energies to uh, be full time. So I'm saying that we just simply have to keep on making positive and productive strides by getting the message out. And I hear you. It's like, I hear you. It's like when I go to go to a prison to speak to a lifers group. Some of these guys have life with no parole. And I go in to try and inspire them, to give them hope that, hey, man, look at me. I'm Terry Allen. I've been everywhere but the electric chair and seen everything but the wind. Done almost everything except kill a baby in front of a church. You know, it might sound kind of hip-hop-ish, but Mm -hmm. I'm I'm letting them know that, look, man, if I can bring myself back from this, then you can, too, and I I, I want to be uh, an exemplary force. Mm -hmm. I've spoken at colleges, I've spoken at schools, churches, I've talked to young guys on the buses, you know, no matter where I happen to be. If I can't offer you something positive and productive, you get nothing from me. Mm.
1: That's good stuff. And good
2: stuff. it sounds
1: like what you're saying is, you know, how do you eat a ten pound hamburger? Well, one bite at a time and we have yes, to ma'am. keep it going. It's it's um it this thing has been handed down. This, this prostitution and trafficking and all that has been handed down for many 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 centuries and so we can't undo it that quickly sex trafficking didn't yes, just ma'am. happen in uh, no. you know, 2000 it's been happening um, starting in way back in the 1960s reconstruction Yeah. reconstruction yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, and so it, it's going to take some time and Uh, And I'm so glad that you are, like I said, you have seen that side and and now you're going to be on this side. And um, I I talked to people about, uh, I was preaching one day about um, inoculation and, you know, when we're being inoculated for a disease, normally within the serum, there is a little bit of that disease, that little bit of that um, virus in there. And so it'll help your body to combat it and learn how to combat that from the inside. And I believe when the body of Christ, who hallelujah um, has people like you and me um, who have lived in the world. Okay. Been a part of the whole worldly secular structure come into the body of Christ. There is a form of inoculation that is happening um, so that we can continue to strengthen the body, strengthen the kingdom and um, to be able to fight against these things because we the church should have the power from on high to truly um, uh, uh, annihilate and And so I believe that you are part of the uh, you know inoculation process. so I, I thank you for that we have about um, five minutes left and I, I want to make sure that I take time out to um, talk to you about, you know, talk we give you a chance to talk to us about some of the projects that you have going on. Um, What's your five to 10 years, you know, planning looks like uh, for your advocacy work?
2: Well, for my advocacy work, and please understand that I got into this because of my friend, Khalif Shaquille, as far as being an advocate, mm-hmm. because uh, D. Dawkins Hagler, who has uh, announced her intent to uh, campaign for Secretary of State, she was former um, chairper- chairlady of the Congressional Black Caucus here in Georgia. When she approached Khalif about making the movie uh, Black Girls Die Too, do something about Backpage, I had never even heard of Backpage. Yeah. And uh once I explored it, I'm like, yeah, I wanna be a part of this. And uh where I see myself uh five to ten years now God should grant me life and I'm able to maintain my sanity, I think that the rewards from my writing efforts, uh this movie making, uh speaking engagements, my prayer is that I become empowered financially in yeah. order to you know even set up training programs and such well you know how people from my era when I when I was growing up they used to have us in these classes where the girls would be on one side of the room the boys would be on the other side teaching us how to approach a lady and ask her for a dance you know what I mean
0: so yeah. we
2: have to re- we have to return to a system of teaching children that allows their foundation to be based upon those positive and productive things, because you've you've heard the saying that uh, a parent can only do their best because ultimately children choose their own
1: path. That's right.
2: And, from my standpoint, I was a lifetime honor student. I even uh in sixth grade, my principal came and got me to teach a seventh grade class because she couldn't get a, a a substitute in time for the teacher who called in sick. I mean, I was I was viewed as being an intelligent young man and uh when I left school to go into the Marine Corps, I had my teachers were literally crying because they saying, Son, if you stay in school you're going to be able to write your own ticket, but in in retrospect, when I look at that, even though I've had some horrific experiences, you know, being in the Georgia pen, penal system for almost 38 years of my 64, then wow. I feel like you said uh, that you have to have some type of experiential awareness of certain things in order to impact upon them, you know, to to the benefit of others. You know, the saying, uh, a person who hasn't been through anything, you know, doesn't know anything.
0: Mm-hmm. They don't
2: have anything to offer and it doesn't have to be street life. It could be, uh, like you said, abusive relationship because, uh, life is, uh, it's a fickle thing if people really looked at it. But the most important thing for me is that when I found myself at the bottom of a moral well, I was able to draw on values taught to me by my mother, grandmother, and I had been blessed to have my great-grandparents in my life until I was an adult. So when I needed to draw upon it, I wasn't drawing from an empty well. Amen. Amen. So,
1: We um, are almost done, and I hate to interrupt you. We're almost down to our time. Please give um, the audience a way to get in touch with you.
2: I can be reached at 770-899-3216. 770-899-3216.
1: Well I appreciate and, uh, you being on the show. Um and I know that they can uh get you on Facebook and that's T E R R Y Last Name E yes, I L A N D. Um also go to yes, our website. I mean not our website, but our Facebook page and you can find them on there. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, Mr. Island, I appreciate you and applaud you for all that all the work you do.
2: The appreciation is mine, ma'am. The appreciation Thank you. is mine for Thank providing
1: it. the platform. Amen. Now it's time for the wisdom Thank to Thank you range. so much. When, when time gets restored, recall upon God's promises for your life. To make a donation or to get in touch with me or my team, please go to www.wealthmngt.org or follow us on Facebook. Thank you so much again for um, staying with us and uh, join us next week when we'll have yet another uh, show just about how to prevent Child abuse and sex trafficking. Bye bye everybody.
0: Happy
1: brown, happy gray,
0: the, out, juggle, the, chain, the hurt the guilt the stain. I'm more than a cockroach. I'm more than a pigtail. I find I win, the chains are broken.